You're listening to Fighting Terror, a podcast that explores the approaches to fighting terror and extremism in the U.S., Europe, and worldwide. With Lucinda Creighton, Senior Europe Advisor to the Counter-Extremism Project and former Europe Minister. This podcast is brought to you by the Counter-Extremism Project, a research and advocacy group that combats the activities of terrorists and extremist groups globally. Hello and welcome. For today's podcast, I'm delighted to be joined again by Hans-Jakob Schindler, who is a Senior Director at the Counter-Extremism Project. And in today's podcast with Hans, we will respond to the breaking news of Germany's decision to withdraw troops from Mali. Hans, thank you very much for joining the podcast today. Thank you, Lucinda. Always glad to be with you. And likewise. Um, so Hans, um, we know that um, uh, various media outlets were last week reporting that the German government has formally taken a decision to start the withdrawal of troops um, which are stationed in Mali for the UN peacekeeping mission there. Um, and that process will begin in 2023. Um, maybe to start, you could give our listeners some context to Germany's decision. It's not alone amongst its EU partners in making this this call. Yeah, well, it's a bit more complex than was reported in the, the media. So there are there were several security engagements um, in the region as well as in Mali. So you had an EU mission, you had an independent French mission, and you have MINUSMA, the UN Multidimensional Integrated Stabilization Mission in Mali, where Germany is one of the group competitors, i.e. the Blue Helms. Um, about 800 of those are permanently with MINUSMA in the north of the country. Now, it's really important to understand what those various missions were supposed to accomplish. So the French mission was a fairly military mission simply established to fight Islamist extremism. The EU mission, EUTM, was there to train the security forces of Mali, so police and military, in order to enable them better to provide security in the country, including terrorism. And then there is MINUSMA whose main mandate is in the north of the country and is not focused on security or terrorism per se, but is supposed to help the inner Mali peace negotiations um, when they were still going on, as well as stabilize the north of the country. So it's not a counterterrorism mission. Now, a couple of things happened in Mali that made it very difficult. Uh, as everyone knows, there was a military coup in Mali. And so at the moment, we do not have a democratically legitimized government in Mali, but the coup government. This coup government had a couple of issues, both with the French as well as with the EU mission, as well as MINUSMA, which resulted in the withdrawal of the French troops, also on the argument that if we fight terrorism and then the Malian forces are unable or unwilling to hold the territories that we taken back, from the Islamists, then what's the point of doing this endlessly? The EU mission ended because simply the EU has a problem dealing with a non-democratically uh, uh, legitimized government. And from its start, the coup government systematically undermined the operations of MINUSMA, in particular when it came to troop rotations. So these troops in the north of Mali are not there all the time as individuals, but they get rotated through because north of Mali is one of the main operational areas 
both of the Islamic State uh, Greater Sahara Province, as well as of a couple of Al-Qaeda affiliates, as well as elements of the Islamic State West Africa province. So it's a very, very, very dangerous environment. And that's you need troops to secure any kind of humanitarian relief operations, infrastructure, uh, pol political uh, um, uh, education things. So you need constantly uh, military support. What Mali has done or the new coup government in Mali has done is to interfere with these troop rotations. Airplanes of the German military weren't allowed to land or weren't allowed to transit to Gao in the north, where, where Mali's main operational base is. They arrested 49 ivory soldiers earlier this year who are still in prison, who were supposed to relieve some of the Malian soldiers in the north. Um, uh, three of them had been released, three females. The rest is still in prison on the argument that they were undermining Malian internal security by the coup government. So this made the, the position of contributing countries in the north of uh, Mali extremely difficult. And so far, the Ivory Coast, uh, UK, Egypt, uh, and now Germany have decided to end their troop contribution to MINUSMA. This does not mean that MINUSMA ends at such. This is a UN mission, and only the Security Council can begin and end the mission. So the Security Council in New York would have to decide. Um, but certainly it will have to look for other nations who are willing to contrib contribute troops to the mission in the north. And given the track record of how the coup government acted unpredictably, when it, becomes, when it comes in particular to the troop rotation, um, I'm sure this is going to be a bit of a challenge for Minusma. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think uh, from what you're saying, the likelihood is that, um, it, well, it's unlikely that other nations will step up and uh, and volunteer their um, their troops to to participate in this mission going forward. Yeah, I mean, tragically, all those countries who are withdrawing Ivory Coast, UK, Egypt and Germany or have announced so far are among the top troop contributors. So, mm. I mean, this is the, the core of the, the Blue Helmet soldiers of MINUSMA in the north. So it is going to be challenging, but the coup government has seems to have a fundamental issue with MINUSMA as a UN mission, but it cannot by itself, of course, decide to end MINUSMA, nor would it want, wish to, um, but it wants to apparently very much redefine what MINUSMA is supposed to be doing, i.e. a money transmission mechanism primarily towards the coup government and not actually um, doing what MINUSMA is mandated to do to try to stabilize the country and try to uh, bring about or support, facilitate inner Malian facilitation. Mm -hmm. So what is the reaction then with the, the coup government? I mean, is this just um, an outcome that was deliberately precipitated by the government? And is it one that's, you know, tacitly welcomed? You know, and I suppose when you when you take into account some of the increased Russian presence in Mali, the, the arrival uh, in recent years of Wagner Group mercenaries, what what does all of this mean, and uh, what do you think is the sort of the the ultimate objective um, from the Malian administration? Well, I, as far as I can see, there was no vehement regret coming out <laughs> from the government yeah. concerning that decision. Um, the road that this government seems to be willing to take is pretty clear. They don't want to engage with the UN or Western powers on security issues anymore. And they feel 
that potentially the Wagner group, who has its own way of dealing with terrorism, which in no circumstances ever really leads to a, a resolution of the conflict, but of the death of people, and in particular also innocent people, is the better way to go. Um, I'm not quite clear what the government thinks they can gain from such an approach, but that's the road we are we are heading towards. So more violence meted out by a group or organization close to the Kremlin with absolutely no, no regards for basic fundamental rights, human rights, or any other concerns, always happy to conduct the ma massacre or the other if necessary. Um, that's the way they want to approach this. I cannot see a concerned plan here of the Kuka government on how they want to handle the really difficult situation that the country is in with large-scale terrorist operations. And I forgot to mention Jinim, uh, the uh, coalition of Al-Qaeda groups that also operates in the country. So you have pretty much everyone um, in, in the country uh, present that is in the region a, 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 a important group. And I cannot see a strategy for the government to handle that. But I have to point point out that the reason why MINUSMA is there and the reason why MINUSMA is there for so long already is that even previous governments seem to have a fundamental problem with governance in the north of their country. This is as historical reasons. So the south and the north of Mali, and please remember these countries in West Africa are the generation um, of or the boundaries are generation of decolonization. So it's not in their own making these boundaries. And they combine groups that fundamentally don't feel they belong together in one nation, which happens to be the case in Mali as far as the north and the south is concerned. So in previous governments, while they were in opposition to MINUSMA, they certainly did not do their utmost to support MINUSMA's activities in the north. They basically outsourced governance in the north of the country to MINUSMA because they were unwilling to do it themselves. And that seems to be still the case also with the coup government. Um, so looking looking to the to the medium medium term and even long term future, I mean, what does this mean for 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 extremism and terrorism in the wider Sahel region, which we know has been showing uh, shooting up the rankings in terms of some of the most deadly terrorist uh, groups in the world uh, in 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 the last decade or so? Uh, you know, is this just going to create a sort of a an open open space for them to thrive, um, or uh, how do you see it evolving? Yeah, unfortunately, very negatively. And, and as you know, Lucinda, our common organization, the Counter Extremism Project, just uh, has now kicked off a uh, one year long project on security challenges in West Africa and the Sahel, together with the German Konrad Adenauer Foundation, which will look at various aspects of this problem. The trajectory in the last seven to eight years in that region has been unmitigatedly negative. You had a growth of Al-Qaeda, you had a growth of the Islamic State, you had the resolution of some internal conflicts between jihadist terrorist organizations, so they're no longer killing each other in, in rivalries over resources or territories to control. And the and withdrawal of international troops uh, is not just in Mali. It's in, in many other parts. International operations end or withdrawn or reduced. France just announced that they will, of course, keep 3,000 soldiers in the region, but they want to rethink their entire strategy for the region. 
And so it's not good. There are now spaces of freedom of operation for Al-Qaeda and the Islamic State in that region that did not exist in the same manner before. Um, as in Afghanistan, whenever you leave breathing room to these terrorist organizations, and leaving breathing room means not enough military pressure at the end of the day, that is an unfortunate but very necessary element, um, then uh, things can go out of hand very quickly, very badly. In addition, of course, this situation affords a lot of opportunities for international organized crime, because what is really important to remember is that all of these terrorist operational areas also happen to be along the one of the main supply routes of drugs coming from uh, South, Af uh, South America into Europe. They go to get shipped to West Africa, through West Africa to Northwest Africa, and then into Europe. So you have, on top of everything else, organized crime structures, including organized crime structures related to Hezbollah, who operate in that region. Again, less governments, less stability, less military and police control means that these uh, crime structures can operate it ever more freely, generate ever more freely money, and more money, more operational room uh, for terrorism will have long-term consequences. At the moment, we don't see any large-scale migratory pressure towards the north, but that cannot be excluded in the long run, i.e. there may be another wave um, coming towards Europe if these countries completely destabilize, and some, like Burkina Faso, Nigeria, Mali, are pretty much at a point where this is a realistic option in the next couple of months or in a year. Um, plus, of course, if you have these big operational areas for terrorism and migrant communities in Europe and the United States from the region, these groups will make attempts to at, at minimum motivate, inspire, direct loan actors that are already in Europe or North America to conduct attacks. So the problems are absolutely multifaceted. And unfortunately, the trend has been only negative in this region for the last couple of years. And as far as it looks now, we'll continue to do so. Yeah, unfortunately, it certainly looks set to continue. Um, thank you very much, Hans, uh, for joining this quick breaking news episode. I think uh, you've provided some really useful insight to our listeners. Uh, unfortunately, the picture is a pretty grim one. Uh, I think we will be back and perhaps when that uh, research project in tandem with the Conrad Adenauer Stiftung concludes, we'll be able to talk about some of the policy uh, recommendations um, or potential solutions in the region. But for now, thank you very much for, for joining the podcast today. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion. Please don't forget to like, comment on, and share this episode. You can find out more about Fighting Terror and the Counter Extremism Project on Twitter using our handle at Fight Extremism and on the homepage of our website. 